friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and I am so glad to have you back here with me for another week of the Crickets to Cha-Chings podcast. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about three mindset shifts that really are critical to your success as a business owner and as an Etsy shop owner. Um, We have been talking a lot actually about mindset lately. And I think that that is because it is really something that is underrated in terms of how people prioritize it. Like they want to say, okay, give me step one, step two, step three, check, check, check. This is what I do and I will 100% be successful. But there is such a huge mindset piece that goes into being a business owner and it's just not stressed enough really how important it is to master that side of it and to have your head in the right place as you are growing your business in order to have that long-term success that you're looking for. And I truly believe in thinking, you know, as I've gotten more into this coaching side of it and as I've talked with more people and kind of reflected back on my own experience growing a business, I really think that the one of, if not the most important piece of building the business that I have now that really made a difference for me was the fact that I always believed that I could do it. I always had the mindset, no matter if I was like brand spanking new or if I was struggling or if I got a one-star review, which nobody likes and always shakes your confidence, I always had this steadfast resolve from seeing other people. I had some people that were close to me in my life that were successful on Etsy before me and I saw them do it and I knew that if I set my mind to it, if I worked hard enough, if I stuck with it, that I could do it too. And having that mindset I don't know even what you would call it. I guess that confidence maybe, but I don't, it's not really, I mean, maybe it is confidence, but it's more just the mindset of like the being assured that I have the capability of doing it. It's just a matter of figuring out the details. And so I really think that that does make a huge difference. And so I do want to talk about a few things that have changed for me as the business has grown and as I've kind of become, um, I guess, a little bit more comfortable in the role of a business owner versus like a hobby business or a mom job or whatever I may have referred to it um, as, you know, in the earlier days. Like it took me many, many years to even tell people that I worked. I mostly just said I was a stay-at-home mom even as I was growing this business um, that was really growing pretty, you know, pretty big. 
So these are three mindset shifts that have happened along the way for me that I wanna talk about because I think they are really important as you lean into being a business owner and taking this from sort of your side gig, um, date night money to a business that is more consistent and growing and bringing in that meaningful income. Not that date night money is not meaningful income because it definitely is. Um, but as you grow it a little bit beyond that. So the first shift in mindset is really from a hobby to a business. I think that this is kind of the first um, one that happens naturally and frankly, the first one that needs to happen naturally um, as you're growing just because you are dealing with more money coming in. And so you have to approach that from a business standpoint rather than from a hobby standpoint. Um, so that is the first piece of it, financially. You want to make sure as you are making that shift from a hobby business or side hustle to a real business that you're leaning into is to make sure that your pricing is appropriate for profits in your business. You don't want to be underpricing your items if this is gonna be a business for you and you don't want to be working for hardly any money. As your business grows and as you lean into selling these things as a business owner, all of a sudden your time becomes very valuable and you don't want, you know, maybe when you're working as just a hobby or you're doing stuff for friends or whatever you know if you're making five dollars an hour that's fine and whatever you're doing it because you love it and it is what it is but as you're making things for strangers and as you're making the same things over and over again or you're beginning to work more hours as you're growing your business or whatever you don't want to be making five dollars an hour anymore that it makes it not worth it for you so you have to make sure that your pricing is appropriate to be able to pay yourself something that is going to be meaningful for you. Literally, you could get a minimum wage job anywhere in the United States and make more than $5 an hour and you would have significantly less headaches than running your own business. So make sure that your numbers work to pay yourself an actual wage or salary, whether you're saying this is how much I'm going to pay myself per month if your sales are consistent enough to do that, or if you're saying this is how much I am paying myself per hour in the products that I'm making and the listings that I have. If you have trouble with your numbers or if that's something that you struggle with, go back to last week's episode, listen to the step-by-step walkthrough of reverse engineering your data, and there is the worksheet that you can also download at laurenkeplinger.com forward slash data that walks you through sort of how to play with those numbers and your analytics. And even if you don't have any sales yet and you're just kind of making numbers up my husband called it war gaming when he was in the army like you're war gaming the numbers that you have or that you're potentially putting out there for your business it gives you a starting point to look at of what you need to charge what your profit margins need to be you know how many sales you would need to have with those profit margins in order to make a profit that you bring home a meaningful income for yourself so you really want to make sure as you are making that shift from a hobby to a business that the money is there for you to do that. The second part of that is that you really need to get your finances in order. This is something that is really overwhelming to a lot of people and I understand it because it was very overwhelming to me as well. 
Um, but getting your finances in order in a way that you can look at what you're doing and actually know how much money you're bringing in, how much money you are spending, what kind of profit margins you have on your products, what your expenses look like, all of those things are, it's so important in your business. And the reason that it's important is because you have to be able to make decisions in your business based on what those finances look like. And if you don't have a grasp of what is even working in your business or what your numbers look like from the back end side of your business, you can't make a decision to move forward in a way that's actually going to work. There's also kind of a myth that floats around the internet that you don't have to pay taxes on the income that you make until you hit a certain amount. That amount changes because it's actually just a myth. So some people will say $600, some people will say $1,500, some people will say $5,000, whatever the number it is. It's not true, so it doesn't really matter. Um, you have to pay taxes on whatever you make. It's just a matter of whether or not you're actually bringing in a profit and have a profitable business. And so the way that they can categorize that on your taxes if your business is not profitable is different. However, we're not trying to build a business that's not profitable, so we want to get to profitability as quickly as possible. You wanna make sure that your finances are organized in a way that you can look back at the end of the year or halfway through the year, or I do it quarterly in my business, so I do it four times a year. I look back at all that I've spent, all that I've made, where that's coming from, which part, like I separate out the coaching side of my business and the product side of my Etsy shop, Funky Monkey Children, and to look at what that looks like, and I do it quarterly. Um, and this helps me to stay organized, it helps me to move forward into the next quarter to plan, so I know how much I've spent and what that looks like, and also which products are selling better, and kind of how I plan for, you know, for example, looking at um, quarter two for in the summertime, um, being able to plan for the fall, and then looking from the fall into the holiday season and the end of the year. So really understanding how important those numbers are and that you don't want to be walking blindly into the decisions that you're making. So if somebody says, you know, if you sell this product, how much profit are you making on this $20 product? And you're like, I have absolutely no idea. You very well could be losing money. You could be working not only just for free, but actually paying people. It could be costing you to work. And obviously you do not want that. So this is, I cannot stress enough how important that that money side of it and the financial side of it is, although it is one of the least, the least popular things for me to talk about and for people to want to actually dive into. They're so intimidated by it. Um, and I understand it, it is not necessarily intuitive the way that Etsy organizes it, um, but it is something that you need to spend time looking at and in order to build a business that makes money and is profitable. The second part of switching from that hobby business to a business business is the strategy that you are following in order to grow your business. When you have a hobby, you are kind of just doing stuff that you like to do. You are you know, sharing your art and your craft or your passion if you, you know, sell vintage or something like that. And the money side of it that we just talked about maybe is not as important to you 
as you begin to switch into really diving into the business part of it, you want to make sure that you are strategically making moves in your business. For example, there was a person in my Etsy Roadmap Facebook group recently that was asking about a custom order that she had had from um, somebody that she wanted to make the custom order for the person, but she didn't want to continue to make the product. So it was going to be just a one-off product. She didn't want to keep selling it. It wasn't something that interested her. And in the process of taking this custom order, she was going to have to buy supplies that were going to cost, I can't remember exactly the number, but I think it was like 60 or $70 in supplies for an order that was gonna cost her like 30 or $40 for the person that was actually gonna pay her. And she was wondering how to move forward with this. Now, I think that when you're early in business, it's really hard to turn down orders. Like there's sort of this mental block of saying, this is not something that I want to make. So no, I'm not gonna take that custom order. But it's really important when you are making that shift to understand that if you're taking a loss of, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever it was, dollars on the supplies that you're buying for a product that you're not interested in continuing to make, it does not make sense to take that order. You're losing money. You're, you're paying to make this order for um, this person that you don't even know. <laughs> so my advice to her on that thread was to decline the order, which seems like, you know, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, duh, you don't want to lose money and you don't want to be paying for stuff that you're never going to use again. But I understand that it's mentally hard to do that because you don't want to say no to a potential order. But making that shift from a hobby to a business really begins to shift away from the people pleasing and the desire to sell your craft or your art or your passion or whatever and approach it strictly as a business transaction. Of course, we all want to share our art and our craft and all of that, and that's a given. So I don't want you to think that this is all about the money and nothing matters in terms of the creative process or the passion process or anything like that. For some people it is all about the money, for most people it's not. But sharing your craft is not the be all end all of running a business. There has to be a middle ground between being able to share what you love or what you make or what you're passionate about and actually making money. Just the process of sharing what you love with somebody makes it a hobby. But shifting into that business mindset means you have to let go of some of the things that you like to do just for the sake of liking to do them. Maybe not every single product makes sense for you to share in your store. And you wanna make sure that the products that you are growing your shop with and the new collections that you're creating and, and the direction that you're going in is strategic in a way that allows you to make a profit on the things that you are selling. Understanding that you absolutely can still have hobbies in your life. And just because you have the skill set or the capability of making something does not mean that you have to sell it in your shop or sell it to strangers um, just because you can make it. For instance, I will use my own shop as an example. I obviously can do any kind of applique that I have available for me because I do a machine embroidery. And I have made shirts and dresses and stuff like that for my own children that were super detailed, tons of colors, different fabrics, whatever. 
but that is not profitable for me to sell in my shop because each one that I'm making takes like an hour to make. If I have a shirt that takes an hour to make and I can only sell it for $25, that's not gonna bring in a huge amount of revenue for me in my shop. It's going to be a very, very slow process for me to get those orders out. But that doesn't mean that I can't do it for myself and my own kids and my friends and their kids and whoever I feel like doing it for. That is my hobby and that's what I can do in my free time, but I'm not selling those products because they're not profitable in my shop. Hey guys, I'm jumping on here really quick to tell you about my brand new masterclass that is coming up on Friday, three key pieces you must master for Etsy success. This is happening live on Friday. We are going to have a great discussion, a great opportunity for learning. It always has a ton of energy and I cannot wait to share it with you. Friday, September 10th, I hope I will see you there. LaurenKeplinger.com forward slash masterclass. Again, LaurenKeplinger.com forward slash masterclass. I will see you there. The second major mindset shift that has to come as you are growing your business is from the idea of scarcity to the idea of abundance. This can be a little bit of a catchphrase that you hear people talking about on Instagram, and it's really popular with people who like to talk about manifesting things in their lives, like imagining a life of abundance, and all of a sudden you have a life of abundance. I don't really mean it that way here. What I'm talking about is switching your mindset from an idea that there is scarcity in the market the market is saturated, or other people are already doing something that you're wanting to do, or there aren't enough buyers to go around, or there's not room for you in the market, or it's too late and you missed the opportunity, or if there's somebody else that's selling the exact same thing as you, there's not enough room for both of you. And realize that there is a whole world of opportunity, literally, that exists with plenty of buyers for everyone. I want you to think about it this way. I had six-figure yearly sales for several years, since 2017, I believe, was the first year that I hit six figures. And I average about 3,300 sales per year. I actually just did this math last night. Is 3,300 sales a year a lot when you're just starting out and you have only a handful of sales or you have a couple sales a month and you're struggling to get that kind of volume? Of course it is. And I'm not downplaying that 3,300 sales is a lot. But when you think about only 3,300 people a year buying products from my shop, and that brings in a six-figure income, six figures in revenue for my shop, you can see how there are plenty of buyers to go around. It ends up averaging out to be about nine to 10 sales per day. So out of the entire world with its population of 7.6 billion people, I only need 10 people per day to shop in my store and I can bring in solidly over $100,000 a year in income. There are more than enough people to buy to go around. When you get into the mindset of abundance, it allows you so much freedom to stop the comparison game and stop the sort of panic reactionary um, feeling that somebody else is doing something and so you can't do it or you have to be competing with this person for pricing or volume or colors or you have to be doing something like there's just this panic of like oh my gosh what am I gonna do how am I gonna compete everybody's already doing everything I can't do anything to stand out 
Somebody's already doing something that you wanna do, good on them. You can do it too. Someone has the same products as you or a similar product, it does not mean that you have to change anything. Someone is underpricing you, you probably have different target markets. There are buyers for every seller. So letting go of the feeling of it's either you or me, only one of us can be successful. Like if I have sales of my baby blankets, you can't sell baby blankets because I'm already doing that. Letting go of that feeling allows you to recognize that there is a, a whole world out there, especially online on Etsy with its worldwide reach, with plenty of buyers for everyone, and you really only need the tiniest sliver of that market to be successful. For 10 sales a day, I can bring in a six-figure revenue in my shop. That's crazy. 10 people a day is really not that many when you think about the vast potential of the internet. The last major mindset shift that I wanna talk about here is from a sprint to a marathon. This is a big one. And honestly, I really do think that it is one of the things that can make or break you running a business. I run Facebook ads for the coaching side of my business. And I recently had someone comment on a Facebook ad if only it was that easy. It really struck me because I hope and I think that I never make it seem like easy is the word that I would use to describe growing a business. Obviously, I don't want to sit here on the podcast and dwell on how long it took me to feel like I was successful along the way or how many times I wanted to quit in the business and how many times I actually did quit and take some significant chunks of time off, sometimes eight months to a year at a time. But suffice to say that it was a long road for me. And while I am incredibly grateful for the business that I have now, I would never ever want to make it seem like it was an overnight sensation or that I am one of those people that is posting a picture of a crystal clear, beautiful beach with me laying there doing nothing, talking about how I'm raking in six figures while my kids play in the sand. That's just a lie. And I am not about the smoke and mirrors of the online marketing world. Building a business that is successful is hard work. It's not an overnight thing. And if your expectation is that you're gonna open an Etsy shop today and have a full-time income by the end of the month, you are more than likely going to be sorely disappointed. Much like any business or honestly anything that you're doing in your life, there is a learning curve and a lot of time and energy that goes into the growth and the behind the scenes before you see the payoff. Of course, from the outside, it looks like everyone else has it easier than you. And a lot of times you feel like you are working so much harder than everyone else, or it's just happening so much easier for everybody else. But I can assure you that no one that has been successful has done it without hard work. And a lot of times what happens is that nobody is paying attention to it while you're just slogging away, putting in the work, putting in the hours, and doing that behind the scenes growth. Nobody was patting me on the back when I was staying up until three o'clock in the morning working on Etsy orders. Nobody was telling me that they wished that they had a job like me when I was working 60 hours a week to try and, and grow the business. It's not until you get to the other side 
where things are more streamlined and the business is more profitable and the success is more obvious that all of a sudden people are like, oh, I wish I had a job like yours. Oh, I wish I could build a business like that. Oh, it's so nice that you have that kind of flexibility. I only have that kind of flexibility on the other side of it. I only have, I mean, I guess there was flexibility all along the way, but I only have the kind of flexibility with the kind of income that I'm able to bring in now because I put in that hard work along the way. Get in the mindset of being in a marathon, not a sprint. I've told this story before, but when I started my Etsy shop in 2012, I had a, um, I guess he was about 15 or 16 months old and a newborn. And my goal was to be able to create an income that was like a full-time income by the time my newborn started kindergarten. Not by the end of the month, not even by the end of the year. I was giving myself five years to dabble along before I wanted to be able to create, I guess in my mind, it was kind of like as she reaches kindergarten age, then this business can begin to take up more of my time because I will have more time in my day, which didn't really end up happening because I had more kids. <laughs> so that didn't really work out for me. But I think that five years ultimately was too long and I should have set my goal a little bit um, shorter, but that was kind of the headspace that I was in at the time was like, I will just do this in the time that I have while these kids are very small. And then as they get older and they get a little bit more independent and they move into school, the business can grow as well. Having that mindset of a long-term goal and not a quick fix is critical to how you're approaching your business. It allows you to make decisions that are strategic for how you wanna move forward and how you look at the long-term growth of your business rather than just being able to, or just being stuck in the day-to-day, -day, sort of the reactionary, putting out fires, doing the first thing that's in front of you, just looking so short-term at what you need to do right this second. You have this reactionary way of going about your day. But when you begin to look at the marathon, what is this gonna look like next month, six months from now, a year, three years from now? What, what kind of business are you building? It allows you to have that strategy as you move forward so that you can come out the other side where there is an income that is beyond anything that maybe you ever dreamed about while still being able to have the lifestyle that is what you're looking for and you're not totally consumed by working all the time. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. These mindset shifts are so important. Again, I cannot stress enough how important it is to really get your head in the game of building a business and thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur and a business owner who is learning and testing and trying new things and strategizing about how you're growing and trying to really master not only the craft that you're making or the passion project that you have and you're selling, but also mastering the strategy of being a business owner and really diving into learning about how to best run your business so that it can be something that really can grow and fill your dreams of what you want for yourself in your life. 
I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thank you.